Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the AK Podcast is Will Dennis, a.k.a. Willie Numbers. Great guy. So uh, big Jack Diesel dude from Miami. He doesn't play around, lived in New York for a little while, so he's got the mindset. He's got the tenacity, and uh, he's, he's got the track record, man. So uh, he and I are in a mastermind together. He was nice enough to reach out. I made a post about some self-sabotage stuff, and uh, he politely wrote to me and, and opened up a little bit, and we decided to connect. And what better way to connect than – you know, for you guys to hear about the, those kind of high-level conversations, too. So we talk a lot about how he has built a seven-figure-plus business over and over and over again, wholesaling, flipping, sub-twos, innovations, everything you want in the South Florida area. In English and in Spanish, he is now helping through his podcast and through his mentorship program. So if you're interested as a beginner or as somebody doing a few deals and you're looking to scale up and really get your business processes, he has got that fine-tuning done for running numbers putting process together and getting your mind right for success in business, life, and real estate. So definitely see the show notes for all the ways to connect with Willie Numbers on social media and for coaching and just for good content because he puts a lot of great stuff out with his podcast and his social media. So definitely check out this episode. You're going to get a lot of really good tips and tricks on the tactical side from real estate to the mindset side to just some really cool stuff. And, uh, you know, definitely earmuffs, put some money in the swear jar. He, he keeps it real here, but again, he's the star of the show for the next hour so. I will not censor any guests on here you know, for, for, the, for the most part. I haven't had to yet. So, uh, so Willie on here, bringing it real. You guys will like his energy. You'll like his tenacity and you'll love his authenticity for sure. So definitely follow him. And while you're checking the show notes, go to nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S to see all the ways to subscribe and provide feedback and reviews for this podcast as well. It takes a minute or two. It's available everywhere you get your podcast, everywhere you watch. So please, the way that we keep this going is to get you guys to subscribe and to interact. And that's how the algorithm keeps pushing it out to all the other places so we can keep this thing going for another 300 episodes and get phenomenal guests like Willie Numbers to come on and give you guys phenomenal advice to save money, make money, save time, create a better quality of life. It is free. The only tuition is please interact on social media and please subscribe to the podcast. I am on all social media. You can find me through nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S again. And uh, anywhere from YouTube to TikTok to Instagram, I'm going to share clips of this show. The way that you let Will know that you appreciate what he's done is to like it, to share it, to comment on it, whatever it might be, tag a buddy, tag a friend, tag a business partner. If you're not seeing my stuff pop up, please go to that same thing and just follow some of my stuff and then we'll be on each other's algorithms. I'll follow you right back and we'll communicate together, but looking forward to that. And the biggest point of this podcast is I want to connect with you guys on a business level. So if you would like to do some real estate deals, whether you're beginner, new or experienced, whether you are looking for your first deal or your next deal, let's connect. If you would like to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or you're looking just to partner on some level or don't even really know what you want. You just want to have a conversation. Just DM me on social media, start with the word real estate. So that way my assistant knows to check that and send it on to me or just text me directly 516-540-5733, 516-540-5733. And we can get that party started. Last but certainly not least, if you're looking for a free checklist on ways to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash bigger pockets. So thank you so much for you guys listening. 
Will Dennis, you are a stud, sir. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you giving me some really good advice on and off the mat, so to speak, as we recorded and didn't record some of this stuff. Great guy, great energy, my type of dude. Really think you guys should follow him, and I really appreciate him coming on and you guys listening. Have a fantastic day. A-Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Take it easy. All right, my guest today came from a background in finance to become an entrepreneur, real estate investor, and mentor fighting out of South Florida. He has achieved massive success in flipping and other strategies. He now specializes in wholesaling and has developed a reputation of tenacity for finding deals and becoming a multiple seven-figure earner in even one of the most competitive real estate markets out there. Through his trifecta of numbers, process, and mindset, he has unlocked the true potential of success in real estate investing and now helps others do the same in English and in Spanish, which is major right now. He's the host of the Flippin' SoFlo podcast. He is my fellow mastermind brethren, my fellow New Yorker, as I just found out. The man himself, you will know him as Willie Numbers. That is his brand all over social media. We'll talk more about that. But thank you so much for being here today, Mr. Will Dennis. Thank you for coming on the A-Game Podcast, sir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Nick. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome to be here. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really, uh, I, I remember uh, we were just talking about it a little bit, but there's a couple of things at these masterminds where I go to, and sometimes you spend a few minutes with somebody, but it just impacts you. And I feel like you were one of those guys that we Thank were you. in a room and you got up there and, you know, it's, it's intimidating being in a room like that, but you were just kind of like, Hey man, I think you sat in the front and you kind of just started opening them up. And, and I was like, man, I really like what he has to say and his attitude sort of stuff. And as I didn't know at that time, you were a New Yorker, man, but uh, I really related yeah. to you right off the bat, man. So it's exciting to be able to connect like this and kind of get on, man, because you've been on my radar since that first time I met you. I appreciate it, dude. I, I don't know what I said specifically, <laughs> but it sounds like me. I appreciate it. I, I'm i a native Floridian, but yeah, I did live in New York for a little bit and I love New York. So it's, it's very much, we were just talking about that. It's very much my speed. I love visiting there, even for like a weekend and coming back with my girl. Um, it's it's always, it's just such an amazing city. So there's so much stuff to do. Yeah, man, that, that's awesome. So I feel the same way about Florida. More and more, I, the weather kind of kicks me off there. But man, for people who may be living under a rock now and I don't really know the backstory really numbers, can you give maybe a 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, so I, I'm born and raised in Miami, first generation Cuban-American um, kid, uh, you know, single mom, single grandmother. Uh, had an older brother who served uh, in Iraq, uh, so you know, always grew up with that with that kind of mentality. Um, you know, take no take no stuff off of nobody. So, uh, I, I graduated college. I always wanted to be in finance, so I made it to Merrill Lynch in New York. I did an internship there. I got offered a full time position as a trader for oil. I took it, obviously, and a year later, uh, a year and like a couple months later, I got fired. I had a discrepancy with my boss, and I came back home, tail between my legs, and I moved back in with my mom. And I told her, I was like, I'm never working for anybody else ever again. And, you know, my mom being an immigrant, she was like, well, that sounds awesome, but you better figure this shit out. So, <laughs> you know, you better, you better get moving. So, you know, one thing led to another, I heard a podcast and I did this and I did that. I got a mentor and, you know, 90 days later, 91 days later, I, I had five deals under my belt and I never looked back. Wow, dude, that's incredible. That's, that's an incredible track record right there. That's pretty Thank awesome, you. man. Thank nice you. Nice stuff. So yeah. talking, there, there's a bunch of different things. Like I tell everybody, we can go into a hundred different things on there. And I feel like I I have a little bit of like a 50-50 here. I want to go into some of the tactical stuff and then I want to get into some of the mindset stuff because I think right now that's that's a big piece. But it's interesting because you had a lot more success in a short amount of time than most people do. So I have a little bit of a double-edged sword question for you. One, 
what was it in you? Because you're definitely like an A-type personality. I can see you being one of those like, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do it myself type of guys. So I feel like for that type of person to actually ask for help and get mentorship and realize that there's a faster way, there is not always easy. So I'll start with that of what was it about jumping right in the first time to getting help to do things faster and safer? Was it rather than trying to do it the hard way and maybe try and be a knucklehead and figure it out yourself? Look, uh, when I, I'm 32 now. So when I, when I got let go of Merrill, I came back down, I was about 25. Right. So I was in my mid twenties. Um, my whole life, all I wanted to do was be on wall street. Right. I was, I was going to be a corporate America guy. I was a corporate America guy. Now I'm an entrepreneur six and a half years later. So I understand both sides of the, of the highway, if you will. Uh, I've been on both sides of the highway. This is definitely the express lane as opposed yeah. to the other side. Um, but I've always been, even at 25, you know, I, I always had older people, older mentors, not in my immediate family, because nobody in my family was what we would consider successful, right? But I did come from a background of watching, you know, a single mom and a single grandmother bust their butt every single day. So work ethic was a check since I was a baby, you know, it, so that that was always in me. And when I got fired from Merrill, it something inside of me just clicked where quite honestly, I got pissed off. But at the same token, it like awoke something inside of me where I was like, all right, maybe I was really meant to do a lot more than just this and work for somebody else and grind out 80, 90 hour work weeks and, you know, make another dude a couple million bucks. Right. So I didn't know what it was going to be. Truth be told, it, I had no idea it would be real estate. I, kind, I, I always say I stumbled into real estate like a lot of us do. But I heard a podcast and on the podcast, um, the gentleman that was being interviewed was in South Florida. And this is in 2017. That interview was like from 2016. So when that happened, I, he left his information, uh, like his office information. And he did mention in there that, yeah, you know, I do, I do mentoring here and there. I had never really heard the term, but he, that's all I needed. I'm the type of guy that you give me a millimeter. I'm going through the door. No questions asked. You know, I'll figure out the rest. Just give me an opening. No problem. Um, and that's what it was. So I cold called him and I told him, I was like, look, you don't know me. I don't know you, but don't hang up the phone. If, if you, if you teach me what you know in real estate, I'll put up the money for marketing and I'll split my first five deals 50, 50 with you. And there was like a moment of silence. I honestly thought he hung up on me. And, and then he said, could you be here tomorrow at 11? And I said, yeah, I'll be there. So that's it. And I showed up at his office and he's like, dude, that was probably the most direct call I've ever gotten. I was like, well, you know, I'm coming, but you're from New York, right? So I'm coming back from New York at this time where I sat on a desk, on a trading desk with a bunch of other older guys that had been through 07, 08 and, you know, native New Yorkers from Long Island and the Bronx and stuff. They don't take any shit off of nobody. So it was just, my day was pick up the phone, call Citibank, curse somebody out, you know, remunk. <laughs> get a deal done, get a margin call that, you know, so I was already kind of used to that. So that's the same approach I took. I was just like, look, let me pick up the phone and call this guy, he, you know, and it could have, you know, the door could have closed in my face, but, um, you know, as Michael Jordan says, you, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So for me, it, when you, to anybody listening, like when any, when any, I believe that when anybody sets their mind to something and, and when you really like are committed where it's unwavering and, and you're not going to sell your dream for anybody. I have, I, I believe that the universe just like moves around you and, and, and creates opportunities. I don't know why that is law of attraction or whatever, but that's really how it works. And if you're very definitive on something, 
it's only a matter of time. It's not an if. It's definitely a matter of time. So I knew that at 25, flat broke, you know, being fired, coming back. It was very naive of me to think, but I encourage anyone listening to this, why not be naive? <laughs> we were all taught to be good little girls and boys and stay in our lane with the 401ks and this and that. Fuck that. And I don't even know if I could curse on this show. So I apologize. Do whatever you want, man. You're the star of the show. You make the rules. I love it. I love it. So, you know, that's what it was for me. I didn't know where it was going to go. I'm the I'm still the type of guy that I'm focused on the next step. I don't care. It's not going to look pretty. Most of what I do today doesn't look pretty. It's not, it's not prim and proper. It looks like shit a lot of the time, at least on the first time, but it's getting it done. Did you get it done? Did you, did you move progress today? Yes. Okay. Then that's a good day. I don't need a hundred percent. I think everybody makes that misconception where everybody's like, I need to be a hundred percent better today. Like for example, if you're getting up at 7 a.m. all the time, all the time, all the time, and then you wake up one day and you're like, today, we're going to start 5 a.m. from now on. That sounds great, but that's very difficult to keep up. You might do it for a few days, but then you're going to fall off because you, don't, you haven't worked yourself up to that. So I think in what I'm trying to say is don't focus on being 100% better. Just focus on being 1% better every single day. That's 365% better a year. That compounds very, very fast. So that's just what I did. And if he wouldn't have answered or if he would have told me, you know, hey, kid, go fly a kite or whatever. Dude, I would have called the next guy. I would have probably showed up at his office. And I told him that when I met him. I was, he's like, what would you have done if I didn't answer? I was like, I was going to come knock on your door. Was, <laughs> either way. And he's like, all right, so you would have been here anyway. I was like, dude, I, I want this. I don't think you understand. Like, I want this. If you give me a list right now of properties, tell me what to do. I'll go door knock them right now. I don't care. I don't think you're understanding me. You know, so that's that's my general attitude that I still carry to this day. And if I want it, I, I'll get it. I love that, man. That's that's such great info on so many levels. And really, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, like that tenacity of just not accepting anything but the results that you're going after, I think, says everything in life. And it's interesting you brought up the naive part there, because I tell people, I almost feel like the more I know now, the more I second guess stuff. And when I was new, and I was like a little kid, and I didn't know any better, I did more knowing less. So you get in your own head about this thing. So I think, like you said, if you just shut all that crap off and just focus on the goal and screw everybody else, I, I think that that's really a key, especially as an advanced guy, you need to kind of go back to that, that almost that little kid in you, like you said. It's definitely an attribute. And you know, I, as I've scaled up and you as well in your life, it's definitely an attribute of very high achieving people where you do have to have some level of just naivete of just like, I, I don't care. You know, I didn't have money. I mean, imagine I'm, I'm explaining to my mother who's an immigrant, a Cuban American immigrant who really doesn't know a lot about a lot, but she's a brilliant woman in her own right. But I'm explaining to my mom at 25. I'm like, mom, I'm going to put out all these signs on the side of the road and people are <laughs> going to sell me their house, even though I don't have money and I'm going to take the calls and then I'm going to flip the house. And she was like, what the f are you talking? But I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. And I ran out the door <laughs> and she was just like, okay, there he goes. You know, but she knows that when I latch onto something, it, it's, it's going to happen. That's awesome, man. So now talking about like the tactical side, I know you have that trifecta of numbers, processes, and mindset. So, um, so mindset we'll touch on as well, but you know, I know it's all, 
kind of part of part of the whole big picture, part of the puzzle of success. Right. But for numbers now, what's your buy box these days? Like, what are you doing? And are you adjusting things in the Florida market for the way that the market's turning, for the way that your buyers are buying stuff on Dispo? Like, how are things changing? How are you looking at your deals today? So my buy box is obviously, um, it's adjusted. You know, we use, I'm in South Florida. Um, so we service the Palm Beach, uh, Dade and Broward markets. This is a very hot market. It's no secret, right? All you guys from up north moved down here <laughs> during COVID. And the market was already hot. Then you made it even hotter, right? So we got a lot of cash. We have a lot of transaction, like a lot of transaction volume. Um, big, big state. So anyway, I used to buy even 2021 to the start of 2022. It was still ultra competitive. So we were buying at 1.85 cents on the dollar and the deal would still make sense. So 85% of ARV, even 90% at some times. So believe it or not, that, that was our market for like a year and a half. Now my buy box is about 70% of ARV. So 65 to 70%, but that's to wholesale. If I'm buying for myself, which I do a lot because I have a lot of students and I do deal partnering and all that. That's really where I tend to shine because I love creative deals. I, I come from a finance background. So for me, I love structuring, you know, sub twos and owner finance and this and that and wraps or whatever. Uh, but also just negotiating a better deal. And I think that that goes back to, I know what my worth is. I, you know, I'm 500 something transactions deep at this point. So, you know, I, I've been, I've been to the dance, you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't say that to impress anyone, but you know, it's repetitive at this point where you you instill a lot of self-confidence and and your value knowing your value is a direct correlation of how much money you make right um so my buy box has been adjusted to about 65 or 75 or excuse me 65 to 70 percent of arv um and and that's really what i've adjusted now this is still a hot market um i'm not fixing and i'm not a flipper by any means i do not consider myself that i tried to be a flipper and i did about 40 50 rehabs made a ton of money. I don't like the business model. The, the convert, the cash conversion cycle sucks. Uh, I don't like the return on time, whatever. And the risk factor goes up very high. So I'm typically the guy that if I have a 40 K wholesale deal on the line, like an assignment, or I can make 90 on a rehab, I'm taking the 40 K wholesale all day, twice on Sunday. And, and I just flip my money. And, but if I am doing a rehab, I am involved in some rehabs right now. They're all 120 K net plus rehabs. And my rule of thumb is if I can't 2.5 X my wholesale fee, I will not rehab it. That's just it. That makes a lot of sense. And are you also doing i I've been heard talking a lot lately about doing novations and sub twos and yeah. stuff like that. Are you doing yeah, those more for your own stuff? Or are you putting those in those types of terms and then wholesaling those in a, like a novation or in a sub two already? We, we do a lot of novations. Uh, you know, I learned it from Eric Brewer. He's a good friend of mine. Love Brewer. Uh, you know, we've been doing them for about two and a half years. Everybody's, seems to have gotten on the novation bandwagon now. Um, you know, so I teach it to my students and we do, I teach it to, I've taught it to my team. So yeah, we, we definitely always offer a novation. We, we just had two close. Um, but, but again, I love to do novations on a high level. So I, I, I have multiple six figure novations that I've done, which, Same. which a lot of people are like, how the hell did you do that? I'm like, I just negotiated the same terms. I just went for it, you know? Um, so I'm ballsy when it, when it comes to that kind of stuff, but mostly a wholesale operation. And I do a lot of deal partnering because I have a lot of students and then I walk them through how to get deals done. So I pride myself on, um, you know, it just happened the other day, a student had a 30 K deal. He wanted to wholesale it. We were going into some issues with the seller, this and that. And I told him, I said, 
I'm vetoing you. You're not going to wholesale this. Trust me, there's more money on the table. So two weeks went by. We got everything squared away. We got clear marketable title. We threw it on the MLS. Dude, day one, 70K assignment. So from 30 to 70. And the kid called me and he's like, dude, you're the man. He's like, I don't know how you do that. but uh, And I'm like, dude, I didn't invent fire. I've just been here before. It's okay. You haven't been here. I've, been, I've seen this scenario play out many a times. So, you know, things like that, man. And you, you, you garner that with patience, experience, losing a lot of money, um, getting smoked on deals, which has happened to me a ton. And, you know, eventually you just get really good at it, right? That's awesome, man. I love that. Congrats. It's sick stuff. So pro- processes now. Talking about processes, what are some of the ways that you're you're doing your marketing for deals? And also as far as like expansions and stuff, like I'll double check on that, but what kind of stuff for your business processes are you outsourcing to VAs right now? Yeah. So I have a couple VAs. I've been using VAs forever. Um, I have one VA who's been with me for five years. Her name is Liddell. Um, she knows how to run my business probably better than I do at this point. Uh, and you know, we have a lot of VAs in Colombia, South America that are, uh, closers over the phone. So they're just like an in-house rep. I have a couple in-house reps, not many. Um, if you would have talked to me a year and a half ago, I was running a 30 person team, you know, 12 people in-house full-time project manager, full-time dispo, full-time DTC. I mean, I, I had the works, but I also had 110 K a month overhead. And so it was very different. I'm, I'm more of a lean and mean operation now. Um, so I've outsourced a lot of that stuff. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot what the basis of the question was. Yeah, you're, you're hitting it. So I was, it was how to use VAs and what are some of your best marketing channels right now? Oh yeah. So, so as far as like, how do I use the VAs? They do anything pretty much. They're doing anything that's non-revenue generating activity related. So anything that doesn't move the needle, a VA is usually going to do it. So like admin tasks, data scraping, manipulation, setting up campaigns, preparing contracts, you know, which is kind of, you know, sometimes the CRM doesn't work auto, uh, auto triggers and stuff like that. So, so they're handling all that stuff, some quality control, right? Listening to all the calls of the reps, they're handling things like that. They grade the calls, they, they schedule, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, IT related stuff, they do all that. And then, you know, the step up above that is my in-house people, which could be VAs or in-house in the United States. They just work remotely. And those are the closers. Those are the ones that actually lock them up over the phone. That that's the, the next level. And, you know, obviously then there's me up at the the C-suite level uh, as, as the owner operator. But right now, like we spoke off camera before I'm in the process of rebuilding that acquisition arm. So it's actually a lot of fun because I, I bought out my partners and, you know, that's what I'm doing. But the marketing channels are direct mail. Uh, texting is fizzling away very quickly for me. I'm, I don't want to deal with the pain in the ass of the 10 DLC bullshit. So I see texting kind of like falling into the same RBM like category like it was years ago. So it's it's right now we have actively cold calling, texting, direct mail and a lot of PPC. So I love pay-per-click, um, big PPC fan. So we're doing about 20, 25 grand a month in PPC, probably another 15, 20 uh, in direct mail every couple months. I don't do it every month now. And cold calling is probably another four or five grand uh, at, at like three or four agents. And, and the rest is just really all commission-based, yeah. That's awesome, man. Good stuff, too. Yeah, I meant to ask you about the the texting thing. It was one of those things where I've seen been coming down the line for a long time, and now I'm seeing people actually like, no, 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 now is the time where you need to start getting out. So yeah. pivoting, man, that's that's kind of what it comes down to is you got to keep pivoting. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. And, uh, you know, you, you brought up another interesting point here when you talked about scaling. I, I know you scaled to a massive space, and we I heard you talk a little bit about that as well. 
but I'm interested to hear how you adjust for, so like personally, almost like the stuff I'm working on now, I just hired a new closer and now I'm like, all right, well, I got to teach her the systems, but I also then have to like now go back and teach her like how to value a deal, how to do a sub two, how to do this, how to do that. And yeah. I think every time I get to this point where we're talking about self-sabotage, you go back to, you know what? Like, I don't have the time to put into training them to do all this stuff. I'm just going to go back to doing it myself. And mm -hmm. then you kind of go back in there. So how do you scale up from being the person who really has all that knowledge in your brain to taking the time to put that into training somebody else for the long ball? Um, look, it's a, it's a phenomenal question. I, I get it asked very often. So the best response I can give you is number one, first and foremost, it's going to suck. <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. All right, let, you know, I don't like to sugarcoat it. I think a lot of people try making it, oh, no, it's great. It's not great. There's nothing great about building out SOPs. There's nothing great about building out a system. There's nothing great about taking five steps back to go, you know, 10 steps forward. It sucks for a period. But I will couple that by saying it is absolutely necessary so that you're not on this hamster wheel for the remainder of your lifetime, okay? I, I was on a hamster wheel for three and a half years of my business where I was balling, but I really had a really, really nice high paying job. That's really what I had, you know, making six, 800 grand a year, but I was a slave to it. hundred percent. It was no different than Merrill. The only difference was that I filed my own tax returns and I owned it. So, mm -hmm. but it's, it, it kind of defeated the purpose. So delegation, trust, um, knowing that it's a season and there's a period of time and I think as you do it, and the more often that you, every time you onboard somebody, it's very critical to document everything that you did for that process. And, and I know it's tedious and it sucks. And Gary Harper, if you're listening, Gary, you're the man um, from Sharper Solutions. He came into our business three plus years ago. He really McDonaldized a lot of our business and I couldn't thank him enough for it. So, you know, we had help with it um, and, you know, it was some of the best money I've ever spent. So, you know, trust understand being aware first of all and saying okay do i want to continue to do this shit no okay great then then i got to find somebody to do it and i got to train them so it's probably a 90 day period where you have to go through that but document it store it somewhere and then onboard the next person with that you know having that stuff so that you have a place to work from you know so that's what i think so many people are afraid to let go of that control, right? And I understand it, right? There's a lot of money on the line, 50K assignments, 30K assignment. I mean, there's a lot of money, right? Spending a lot of money on marketing. You want to make sure that this stuff closes like you would close. But the spoiler alert is the reality is no one's going to be 100% like you. No one. Number one, because you're the business owner. And number two, they're not going to put up the same forth, uh, forth the same effort as you. But you don't need them to be 100%. If I get somebody at 60 to 70% of me, dude, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, like Rockefeller once said, he said, I would much, what was the secret, his secret to success and wealth, right? And he said, I'd much rather have 1% of 100 men's efforts than 100% of my own. And that is a fact. That is a fact. And he did that. And, and that's called delegation. So you have to understand Okay, if I don't stop, and yes, they will make mistakes, and yes, they will drop the ball, and yes, you're going to lose some money, and yes, you're going to want to pull out your hair. That's all going to happen. But if you don't do it, eventually, you are going to be the bottleneck in your business. And that sucks, because you're only going to be able to climb up 
to that ceiling of where you are the bottleneck. Until you remove that ceiling, now you can go and you know focus on what a visionary, you know, CEO, whatever you want to call it, needs to be able to do. But you just need to stop and it sucks. It's one of those things where you need to stop and do it. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together make it happen everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner best time to start is today phenomenal and very timely info for me as well you just you just kind of lit a fire under my ass too to go out and just start doing more sops because you you always regret it's like taking the time it's like i don't want to take 10 minutes to do that now but like you just said that saves you 10 minutes every single person now that you go higher i think that that's phenomenal advice man taking the time not taking the shortcuts i think that's what it comes down to and uh parlaying that into not making excuses so i recently saw you as we position into the mindset stuff here you made a pretty powerful post on your your instagram which is we'll, we'll plug your social media but about excuses and uh is is interesting because i have i was watching this fighter uh robbie lawler like famous ufc guy actually out of florida now yeah but robbie lawler he was fighting and the judge stopped the fight early and Robbie got up and he was all pissed off and he yelled at the rep. And then afterwards they had the, the post-fight conference and they were like, oh, you must be so mad. He's like, nah, man, he's like one of the best refs in the game. He's like, all good. And they were like, yeah, but you know, you, 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 you didn't win. He stopped the fight. He goes, but I lost. They were like, but you didn't lose. The ref stopped the fight. He goes, yeah, but that's just an excuse. And they went, yeah, but it's a really good excuse. He goes, it is a good excuse, but it's still an excuse. And I don't like to make excuses. And I was like, he might be my new favorite fighter. I love that, like the whole thing about it, man. Yeah. So talk about that because as my buddy Adam Witness says, a lot of the times we have some damn good excuses to do stuff or to not do stuff, but at the end of the day, they're just excuses. Yeah. So wait, what? which part exactly do you want me to, to speak on? You're, you're just the, like kind of what you were saying with the post about just how they're nonsense and how you got to get past them. Oh, yeah, man. Look, anyone who works within my organization or knows me or my students, right, there's a reason you know, other people's words, not mine, but there's a reason why people come to me. And there's a reason why people want to work with me. Uh, number one, I have the track record and experience, but first and foremost, I am the last person that you'll ever see blame somebody else for anything. I'm going to take that shit on the chin. I'm a big believer of extreme ownership by Jocko Willink and, and Leif. Uh, accountability is key. And the buck stops with this guy. And with your guy and with you and your organization, right? So I don't believe in, I don't, I don't have the time to waste about an excuse. I don't want to hear the justification. I don't want to know why it happened. I don't really care much. I want to hear what the hell are we doing about it? And is the solution already in place? And if it's not, who the hell do I need to address so we can get it in place and move that ass? So for me, <laughs> that that's what I, that's my general attitude every day. You know, I get up at 5 a.m. every day. You could ask my girl when I get out of bed, I'm like, Phew. I there's one speed. There's not like waking up and the coffee, you know, I drink coffee, but I, dude, I'm already like, my brain is like, it's, it's going. And 
I think, look, feeling, I had this conversation with somebody else the other day. Feelings are feelings, right? And they're just that. They're feelings, right? For example, if you're driving in the road, somebody cuts you off, pisses you off, and you have all this road rage, you don't just stop the car and shoot them in the face, right? Your whole life's over. That's a feeling. You'd like to do that, but that's a feeling. So what do you do? You honk the horn, you might flick them off, and you keep moving, okay? But that's a feeling. Notice that, and it's easier said than done, but all you have to do is you choose whether or not to address these feelings. So it's very simple. Am I going to the gym today? Ah, my back hurts. Ah, my neck. Ah. Dude, your our mind is a master closer at closing us from anything. And before you know it, in 10 seconds flat, your mind will create a thousand different reasons why you shouldn't go. When I know that, when I see that happening, it's kind of like a stock ticker in real time. I heard Tony Robbins once say this when, when I met him. He said, you know, I have people think that I'm a saint. People think that I'm like this superhuman, right? Like I don't have bad thoughts. He goes, I have bad thoughts all the time. But think of it like a teleprompter. I watch the stupid thought go and I say, hey, that was a stupid thought. And I just let it go. And then I wait for the next thought, you know, but I'm a big believer in changing your state. So if I am feeling tired, if I am feeling a certain kind of way, I will literally stop, get up. Maybe I'll drop down and do 40, 50 pushups, get back up. You'd be surprised at how fast something physically changing your state can alter your state and alter what you're doing. Anytime, and I, I, get, I like to gamify things as much as possible. And what I mean by that is if I'm at the gym, for example, and I'm going for 15 reps, I'll do an extra two or three just because I'm telling my own mind as it hurts. I'm like, you got a couple more in you. And I'll do that on purpose internally. It's not for anybody else. I just, I'm, I'm already, any angle in life where I can hack into and I can push just a little bit more, wake up just a little bit earlier, stay just a little bit longer. Eventually, after a certain point in time, that new muscle is formed and now you have a new threshold. So where when life and business throws a bunch of shit at you, I know how to deflect it and I'm already ready. I, I My ex-business partner, one of the reasons why we're no longer partners, he asked me one day, he, he came into my office and he's like, dude, why are you training so hard? Like physically, you know? Because I, I hired a trainer. I, I was fat three years ago. Now I'm like in really good shape. He's like, why are you training so hard, dude? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, why are you training so hard? Are you training for a race or whatever? And my answer to him, I don't know where it came from, but it must have been prolific. But my answer to him was, dude, I'm training for fucking life. What are you doing? And he took it offensively. Granted, it probably wasn't the best delivery on my behalf, but I was so taken aback by the fact that he would ask me that. And I was just like, dude, I kick my own ass every single day with a weighted vest on in the gym because I know that the universe is going to try to kick my ass anyway. So I'm ready for whatever the fuck you throw my way. You want to go run 10 miles? Let's roll. You want to work 14 hours? Let's roll. You want to work on a Saturday and Sunday? I'm there. If there was 25 hours in the day, I'd hit them. You know, so that's my attitude and that's my mindset for anything. And quite honestly, I don't care who comes along or who doesn't. That's just my, that's my energy bus. And I'm very particular. We can get into that topic, but I'm very in particular of who the hell I allow onto my energy bus. I'm, I'm, I'm super hyper aware. And I think if you really want success and you really want to get to those next levels of your potential, you have to start eliminating people out of your life. You must, it's a must, it's a must, it's a must, it's a must. 
People don't want to be selfish. There's all these like limiting beliefs that they set up in their own minds. Dude, when you're broke, it is the perfect time to be selfish. Perfect time to be selfish. Be selfish and teach yourself how to not be broke. Because guess what? The sad truth is broke people can't help people. Period. And I'll say that again. Broke people cannot help you. They could give you a kind word. They could give you a shoulder to cry on. But that's about it. So it, it's, I took it very personally, especially first generation American. I'm like, dude, I need to be the best me because I need to make a shit ton of money so I can uplift my whole family tree. Like I need to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. I've never been the guy to look around and be like, oh, well, somebody else will take care of it. No, I'm the dude that'll pick up the trash. I don't care. Like let's roll, you know? So I think that when, when you, when you operate that way, it just attracts those kinds of people to your life. And, and mindset is everything, dude. Mindset's everything. You know, a lot of my students are having, you know, some issues because they're newer in their journey. And I could see it. I love teaching because of this. I didn't, I fell into education, right? I mentored two kids and it was like a random personal referral. And then that led to more and more and more and more and more. But the number one thing they do is like, they're like, dude, whenever I talk to you, I just, boom, I just, I, I don't know. It's it, whatever you say, I just do. And I, and I, and now I have all this reinvigoration and, and I'm like, look, I appreciate the compliment. You know, it's just, it's really how I talk to myself, you know, like I have bad days. You have bad days, right? You don't have great days every day. Don't you? You got bad days all the time. I got bad days. I got bad moments. I have deals blow up in my face like a grenade. I mean, it happens all the time, but what do you choose to do with it? That's really the question. Michael Jordan had bad days. He's one of my idols, but do you think it stopped him? No, he showed up, he shot his shots and he played the game to the best of his ability. But he was able to take feelings, bury them, and put that mindset mentality on, you know? And that's all that matters. At the end of the day, look, first of all, nobody gives a shit. Just remember that. And I'll just be honest with you. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. People got their own problems, man. Why should they care, right? And I'm not trying to be insensitive, but you need to care more. And I think that that's a big generational problem that's going on right now. It's like, oh, nobody cares about me. It's like, dude, you need to care about you. Nobody owes you shit to care about you other than your mother, pretty much, right? But you need to care about you. And a lot of the times why people don't care about you or what's going on is because they've seen a pattern of behavior where you don't give a shit about yourself. So why would they want to help you? You're not helping yourself, you know? So that's how I look at it. You know, I, I have my days. I have my people, you know, that I call like, like Matt Andrews is a good friend of mine, right? But it's, it's more like a, hey, man, check this out. Hey, cool. Boop, 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 boop. This is what we're going to do. But anytime that I'm having a bad time or I'm in a bad mental space, whatever it may be, I automatically find something, even if it's this big, but I find something that I can get an easy win on. That's a hack. And I stack those wins as, as fast as I humanly possibly can. An example of that might be, damn, this day sucks. Da, 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 da. Go get another workout in. Go outside. Get some sun, take a run, go run a mile real quick. Come back, see how you feel. Tell me I'm wrong. Go take a cold plunge, go to cryo. I don't care what you do, right? Go meditate, go pray. I don't care. Listen to a song, whatever. But you need to break that pattern. You need to disrupt that pattern and replace it with some sort of a win, some sort of success, because then now you're back on track. And the further down you go, and I, this is a super long winded answer, so I'm sorry. 
But the further down you go down that negative path, the more negative shit you're attracting to yourself. And as that day goes on and maybe days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months, dude, you could be in a much worse position. And now you put yourself there, right? Rather than just address the problem, hit it head on. Hey, we took an L over here. L stands for lesson, by the way, not lost in my book. We took an L over here. We're going to move on and let's next play. Let's, let's go to the next thing, you know, and, and that's what entrepreneurship is. It's a bunch of failures strung along with a couple of successes. And, and that's really what it is. And if you can do that and you can have more successes than not, eventually that, that just tears you up. And, and, and now that this is a muscle, like anything, you're, you're ready to, to, to get that, mu that muscle's ready to react for you. Dude, that was deep. Thanks. That's a deep answer, man. I love it. I'm that fired was good, up. No, that was awesome, dude. And I think what you said, it, you know, it reflects to all stuff, but like they always tell us with fighting, you're going to fight to the level of your training. You know what I mean? So all those days, all those runs, all that stuff. And it's uh, it, it's a very interesting thing. And I remember like I was watching one of my buddies spar and I was like, man, you're going to do great. He's like, well, if I win and I tried to do the whole like, no, no, no man, when you win. And yeah. he's like, you think the other guy's coming there and like did this whole crazy thing. But it was like, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing where you can feed that. I think there was a story about like the, the, you have two dogs in your head. You can feed one, you could fight one. One's giving you positivity. One's giving you negativity. But I think uh, a big thing that I didn't realize was enough of that. What you started talking about tails back into the mindset stuff is the self-sabotage looking at changing your habits and changing your baselines. I read a book, I believe it was called the mountain is you. And they talked about how your body and your brain are going to keep pulling you back to whatever your baseline is. And if your baseline is eating Doritos, watching Netflix and like, you know, waking up at noon every day, every time you go to do something new, it's going to keep pushing you back. It's going to give you feelings. If you ignore the feelings, it's going to start putting stuff in your head to go back to what makes you feel safe. But you Correct. can change those baselines with things like atomic habits and then you fall back to them. And I felt like when I first reached out and you were like so nice to respond, I felt like things were going pretty good right now. But I keep hitting these points in my life and career where things are good and I find a way to make them bad again because that's where I thrive in like digging myself out of the heap of shit. So <laughs> you so cordially came on. You were like, dude, I'm the mayor of self-sabotage town. Like, nice <laughs> to meet you. So talk a little bit about that, man, because, you know, for me, that's very timely. But I think it's a very important piece of life and business to kind of identify. Yeah, man. Look, uh, it, it it comes from a lot of things, right? And I've done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of different kinds of uh, work and, you know, mindset. And uh, I, I've had the privilege of, of working. Like I said, my brother was in the military. I've had the privilege of working with some Navy SEALs at some organizations, not me as a SEAL, but, you know, working with them as consultants. And, you know, they've come in to coach us in business settings and stuff like that. I idolize Navy SEAL mentality above all else, because those guys are, they're humans, first of all, but they're really ironclad. And they are, that's why they train so hard. That's why buds is so hard for them. It's because they know where they're going. And like you said, you're going to fall back to the level of your training. And that's what you do. And I think that's where something as simple as a routine, a good routine, there's bad routines and good routines. When moments of chaos happen, you will guaranteed fall back on whatever routine you have. If that moment of chaos and your routine is to be scared, run away, dig your head in the sand, not look up and say, well, the clouds will pass by. You're fucked. You got a big problem and you're never going to get out of it. 
and, and, and you need to get yourself out of there. But if you have a routine, which is a good routine that, Hey, things aren't going so good around, not a problem. I know they're going to go better. Cool. Let me go to the gym. Let me do this. Let me read my book. Let me talk to one of my buddies. Let me go do another deal. Let me, let me figure something out where I could get, and I'm going back to the win, right? That's what's important, but self-sabotage, dude, that's all limiting beliefs, but it's also conditioning from where, how you were raised. Right. And again, I had great parents, you know, a mom and a grandmother, fantastic, but they didn't have a good financial blueprint with all due respect. So I had to unlearn so much of that bad shit. An example of that, a dollar saved is a dollar earned. No, a dollar saved is a dollar. <laughs> That's it. Let's just debunk the myth right now. It's a fucking dollar. Now, the other part of that expression is a dollar saved depends on what you do with the dollar. That's what it should be. Right. I know guys with more degrees than a thermometer, they can't sell their way out of a wet paper bag. They can't do it. But they're geniuses, like IQ level wise. You have conversations like, wow, this guy's got so much potential, but the dude won't push himself past 72 degrees. You know, like Ed Milet always talks about the thermostat. And when you set a thermostat, you got to change that thermostat, dude. And, and it's all about doing uncomfortable shit. You don't want to, you don't like cold calling? Great. Become the best cold caller you know. That's how you conquer that, period, right? I hated cold calling. I figured it out because I had to. So I think that self-sabotage, it's happened to me a lot in my career where I've hit, hit such new peaks and plateaus and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, subconsciously, I find a way to fuck it all up. I'm sure that you have too, right? And for example, uh, I'm five months now without, without a drink. And, and it's not like for sobriety or anything like that. I just woke up one day uh, after Formula One in Miami and I was so hungover. Um, it never had a drinking problem, but I just woke up and I was like, you know what? I asked myself and I talked to one of my mentors and he was like, is this serving you? Like alcohol, drinking, whatever. And I'm like, no, of course it's not. And he's like, all right, well, listen, you're at this level of success. You want to get to that level of success, like where I'm at, right? Nine figure guy. Big, big boy. He's like, dude, look at what I've done. He's like, I've just eliminated all the bullshit. And it got to a point where I was just like, I don't want alcohol anymore, period. Like, I might have a drink here and there someday. I haven't touched one in five months on purpose. I'm very serious about my goals. But dude, it's crazy. So when you're, I think self-sabotaging stops. Number one, awareness. You're aware that you're doing this shit to yourself. That's, that's number one. If you're not aware, you can't fix anything. So you have to be aware and be like, damn, I really fucked that up there. And then you, you have to dig in and be like, but why did I fuck it up? Because that's very interesting. Where does that come from? Why? Like the first time I cleared a million dollars in a year, I fucked everything up after that. I fucked everything up. And everybody was looking at me like, I don't understand. Even my own mom, she was like, what the, what? Like, how did you get there? I'm like, but then I learned later on through a lot of um, therapy and mindset coaching and this and that, dude, it's because your subconscious is trained for survival. So now you're way up in the air, like way up high, like the plane has reached a new ceiling and you're just trying to bring it right back down to 10,000 feet because you're like, no, 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 no. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go back to safety. Right. Cause I don't deserve this. You know, there's a lot of conversation. I know, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't deserve this. Why me? Right. That kind of shit. You know, I had a shitty dad in my life growing up uh, that he was really absent. 
So, you know, those abandonment things were part of things that happened to me that resurfaced years later where I'm like, why am I, why do I treat myself like shit? Like three years ago when I was fat, I had to look at myself and be like, all right, you're in the best financial position you've ever been in. And you look like shit. What the hell's going on here? Right. I overindulge. I over this. I, I didn't care about working out. Oh, I don't have to. Right. But I neglected myself. And, and that comes back from a lot of, you know, self-limiting beliefs and stuff like that. But I immediately took it upon myself. I'm like, all right, I can't be a millionaire and look like shit. I just, I just won't do it. I just won't do it. And especially if I'm educating people, I'm like, dude, this is, I don't look the part of what I'm saying. Like if I, if I meet somebody and I'm not saying anything against like overweight people or anything like that, but I'm just saying clearly if you're in that position, cause I've been there, you're there because you don't give enough of a shit about yourself in order to fix it. And, and that's coming from somewhere. Everybody's a little bit different, but you got to figure out like, okay, what do I need to get through to make this better? Cause this is unacceptable. So I think sabotage comes from there and Again, getting around the right people that won't allow you to sabotage as much. Um, Self-talk is very important. You know, like, like my girlfriend and I, she's very big into mindset and energy and stuff. And I've taught her a lot of stuff because she was a, an employee and now she works with me. Um, so her mindset's different, right? But the first time she ever got into entrepreneurship or that route, dude, she, I mean, rightfully so, she was freaking out. She was like, oh, she's a small town <laughs> girl from Montana. Right. Like she doesn't understand that now she does, but she cleared 15, 20 grand in a month. And she was just like, like, that's it. It was over from there. And I'm like, do you see what I'm saying? I'm like, imagine when you make 50, a hundred and you can, who says you can't like, I'm always the guy to be like, who the fuck set up all these rules? Like, who's that guy that told me that I can't No, fuck you. I can't <laughs> and I will, and I'll do it better. Right. So for me, it's, it, that's what I'm, I'm always, I chased people. This is one nugget that I'll leave anybody with. <clears throat> Trust me. Comparison is the mother of all suffering. Number one, do not fucking compare yourself to other people. You don't know what all the factors are in that equation. You never will. So don't compare. First of all, you don't even know if it's true. A lot of the world that we're living in today, it's all about this stupid shit with the Instagram and stuff. And I know because I'm on it, right? Producing content <laughs> and stuff. But seriously, dude, I see a lot of people in my market and I'm like, you're so full of shit. I'm like, you're so full of shit. You're, you're not doing everything you're saying, right? But whatever, it, it's what sells. But for me, it's like, dude, don't compare yourself to anybody. And also, you know, to, to add to that point, focus on not chasing. Don't ever chase anybody else. Chase the best version of yourself because you'll never lose. And Matthew McConaughey had a great Oscar speech I don't know if you've ever seen it, but where he says, I'm always chasing a ghost. I'm chasing myself 10 years ahead. How the hell could I ever catch myself 10 years ahead? It's impossible. So I'll always be chasing a better version of me. And I, that was very prolific for me. And I was like, damn, that's a really fucking good point, man. Like that, that hit home for me. And, and the day that I stopped competing or, you know, challenging or whatever, chasing anybody else, and I just started being like, listen, if you're getting up at 5.30, we could do 5.15. If you're getting up at 5.15, we could do 5 o'clock. If you do five days a week in the gym, you could probably bang out six. You could probably do seven, right? So if you're doing 10 deals a month, you could probably do 15. You could definitely do 20, right? So it's just pushing that echelon and where I want to be. And that's what keeps me going. My, my girlfriend knows. She's like, you can't sit still. Like, I absolutely <laughs> can't. 
You know, she, and it's okay because it's a good yin and yang, but she knows like I am happiest and I am at my most pure, like I am right now, doing what makes me happy and charging at some big ass audacious goal. If it's petty little Mickey Mouse things, we got big problems, bro. Got big, because I already know. So like awareness, going back to that, when I know that I don't have a lot on my plate and you know, the, the peak is going down, I start to immediately look on how to get back to a bunch of new challenges and bigger problems to fix so I can make more money, so I can make more of a progress. And so I can break that down more because I know what happens if I go down this way and I got too much idle time. I know what happens. That's when all the bullshit starts. And that's when all the complacency starts and the mediocrity. And if you follow David Goggins, which I'm sure you do, he's a big proponent of that. Where they're like, dude, why do you still, like, you have nothing left to prove. And he's like, I'm not proving this for you. I'm proving this for me, <laughs> period. I get up every day and I do this shit for me. I'm a sicko. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's who I am. And, and it's true, you know? There's a lot of people like that. That's incredible, man. Such such timely advice. It's interesting you brought that, that point up. I, I remember Mike Tyson inspired me once because he was saying... Somebody asked him about how many rounds you could do. And he's like, well, does it matter if it's six rounds? He goes, man, if you could do six, you could do eight. He's like, if you could do eight, you could do 10. If you can 10, you do 12. If you do 12, you do 12. And I think about that all the time. Like, yeah, it's just what if you could do this, you could do that. You could always do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. So a key point you brought up there, kind of wrapping this whole thing in, is part of what keeps you going is having those people around you, having a good sense of community, being around the right people. So talking about being around the right people and finding your tribe and your niches, Willie Numbers, man, you're working with people in English, in Spanish, helping them with all the things that have helped you from mindset to process to numbers to dealing with self-sabotage and making money all across the country. So talk a little bit about how you're helping people right now. How can people work with you? How can people find you? All things you, sir. Yeah, so I appreciate that. Um, so willynumbers.com, the way that it's spelled right here with a Y, uh, that's like my main website. All my stuff is on there, all, all the programs that we offer and all that stuff. I have a free course that I was going to charge for it, but honestly, I, I just decided to go the Hormozy route and I was like, I'm just going to give this thing away. Um, you know, so, so I have that. Uh, Instagram is the best way to find me for sure. Um, the podcast is Flippin' SoFlo. Um, flipping is F-L-I-P-P-I-N and then SoFlo, like South Florida, but but abbreviated. We talk about mindset, deals, this and that. And then I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program where, <clears throat> excuse me, I like to do a lot of deal partnering. So I don't just want to work with a student and be like, yeah, give me 10 grand and, and I'll teach you this stuff. No, I'm looking to be invested in your interest, right? So yes, of course, I have a fee up front, um, but I also want to be invested in when those deals come in. How can we maximize those deals and teach you the business? So that's really where I focus on. And we're making a strong push now on the Spanish side of content, um, showing people that, you know, for a long time, Latinos were never represented in this market. And there's really not a, a guru, if you will, who's very successful as a, as a Hispanic American, right? So I'll be that first one. So that, that's, my, that's my goal. That's my long-term vision for that. And it's just to show people like, hey, dude, I had all the chips stacked up against me, right? Like from the get-go. I shouldn't be here. You probably shouldn't be here either because I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of trials and tribulations in your life. But somehow, some way, we're here. So it's a good representation of making sure that when you do make it to a certain degree, you, you pay it forward and you give it back. So that, that's a biggie for me. You know, there's a lot of people that paved the way for me along the way. Granted, I did all the work. I put up all the effort, but there was a lot of people who opened a lot of doors for me and, and I'd like to pay that forward as well for, for the next one.
I think that's incredible, man. So are you dealing with if somebody's new, if somebody's already experienced looking to scale up, are you taking all different levels and shapes and sizes right now? Both. Yeah. So typically um, I, I'm more particular about working with people that are looking, you know, they're doing like a deal here, two deals a month, whatever. And they really want to scale. They want to turn this from a hobby into a business. That's really where I enjoy working with uh, getting you up there, getting you to your first six figure month. That's really where, where, where I thrive and where, where I love to thrive. And, you know, systems, processes, SOPs, pretty much everything I've that has cost me millions of dollars over the years to build, I kind of condensed it and, and, and offer that to people on different walks of life. The shortcuts, baby, that's what I keep saying. Shortcuts and safety nets, it's, it's, it's a hack. You know, I keep people saying, they say like, it's the front of the line, it's the cheat code, but it really is. And it's amazing when people say like, I'll do anything, but then they won't like it what better way to do stuff and you know even things like this i'm blown away every single day by people that shout out guys like you gary harper and it's like i'll write that check every day if it helps me either save all the stuff that i've worked so hard to make or not make me miss out on another opportunity like i watch people that could have made millions of dollars when the pandemic happened and they sat there because they didn't know what to do and make the next move so i appreciate guys like you that are out there keeping it real telling people what works what doesn't work and uh letting them learn not only from your successes but from your failures as well you're an open book, my good man. I'm really uh, appreciative of, of the time you've given me on and off the mic today. I thought Thanks. you bought the heat. You obviously bring your A-game to every single thing you do. This interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A-game to this interview. Any final thoughts before I give you back your day and let you go, my man? Um, man, look, firstly, uh, I appreciate it. I love doing things like this. Uh, I really do. And I love your energy, too. And the fact that you were so vulnerable about reaching out in the family um, says a lot about you, more about you than about me. Uh, but look, man. Life is not as bad as you think, all right? Nothing's ever as bad as it seems. I know that sounds super corny, but it's true. Um, there is another day tomorrow, right? And But why leave for tomorrow what you could do today? And I, you know, one thing I've always prided myself on is if I feel too comfortable, I know it's time to get uncomfortable. And I'll say, last little snippet, yesterday I had a call with and you know talking about mentorships right putting where your, your money where your mouth is getting uncomfortable like i preach this shit and i live it too right so i made a post because i was I'm, I'm looking to get introduced i won't say his name because i don't want to blow his spot up but i was i got introduced to somebody who everybody on the show would know very 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 high level you know millions of follower guy and we had some personal conversations through a personal connection and long story short um i wanted to be in this dude's sphere of influence Long story short, because I knew that he had been where I want to be, you know, where he's gone, where I want to go. So for me, I'm not a newbie to this mentorship thing, but it's been a while since I've been on the other side, right? I'm used to being a mentor now, not a mentee. So I approached him. We spoke. He's like, look, full disclosure, 10K a month. That's what it looks like for me. This is what it's going to look like on deal splits, you know, for this other business that we're doing. Um, and he's like, that's it. And it was very simple. And, you know, to be honest with you, when he said it, my, my old brain was like 10,000 bucks a month. I was like, what the fuck was that? It's like, I was not expecting that. Right. But that's like the survivor subconscious. That's buried very deep. But immediately I was like, all right, when can we start? And he's like, oh, you're ready. I was like, when can we start? It's, I'm ready. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to think about it. I told you I was the real deal. I told you I was serious. Let's go. And that's what I'm saying to the, to your viewers. Like when you make a decision like that, you don't get too many opportunities like that. I waited almost six years 
of relationship after connection, after connection, after connection to get that one moment with that person. You got it. Don't fuck it up now. Right. So now, now I am in his sphere and now we're going to move forward and hopefully it's a beautiful relationship, but that's what I would say, man. There's, there's levels to everything. I'm still doing it. Nick's still doing it on his level. Um, it, the learning never stops when it does you're fucked, you're out of the game and, and you just retired yourself. So just continue to be uncomfortable. There is no such thing as making it. It's just another level. That's all it is. Wise words, sir. I think you did awesome, man. You inspired you. me. I'm sure you inspired everybody else that's going to hear this podcast soon. For anybody listening, all of the show notes and everything to connect with you on every level will be in the show notes. Make sure you follow. Make sure you connect with Willie. Thank you so much for coming on, my friend. Willie Numbers, a.k.a. Will Dennis. Have a great day, sir. I look forward to seeing you in September. Appreciate you, brother. You too. So what's it feel like to be a man?